0: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks supporter at The Athletic, Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of Brewhoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm
1: doing well, Eric. It's a Tuesday night in the Bucks' streak. What, what how would you even call this their streak of not losing consecutive games ever? I, it's kind of an awkward thing to even uh, <laughs> uh, express, but um, I guess what they've lost. Thirteen times this season, and then they've won the second game every time. So they're thirteen and zero after a loss, I guess. Um, yeah. And we saw that continue tonight. Uh, how many? How many times have they won by exactly ten points in the last um, in the last few weeks? I feel like, mo- like most of their wins of late have come by exactly ten points, and we got <laughs> yet another one of those tonight uh, against the Pistons. They're they're basically trained, staying true to their. Um, you know, to their kind of season differential, more or less. Uh, Tonight, 121.8 offensive rating, so very good. 111.2 defensive rating, not as good, but um, yeah, plus 10. That's kind of what they've been around all year, and um, tonight they do it again with Malcolm Brogdon out due to injury. Tony Snell steps in, and um, Tony Snell played well, but Pat Connaughton played great. Uh, DJ Wilson had a nice game, and um, nice to see the usual suspects among the other starters all playing well. I mean, you don't put up a 121 offensive rating without a lot of guys contributing and um, you know, same old, same old They They stomp the, uh, the Pistons once again, this time pretty balanced effort. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't like to say this cause I think it has a negative connotation, but um, I tweeted it after the game, but that certainly felt like a cruise control game. Like mm-hmm. they were just like, okay, we're going to, we're going to get ourselves a nice lead. And then, Okay, pistons, like you can you can come by and hit a couple threes in the third quarter and you know, play us close to even there and then we'll push it back out in the fourth quarter and then in the end you can you can make it a little bit more respectable than it actually is, but we're we're just gonna beat you and that's gonna be how it's gonna go. And we know that you can't beat us. And I mean that that was pretty much what it was, and you know, it just felt like uh I know it's a soccer term, but you know, the the bucks outclassed them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It it was just like those two teams. I don't want to say don't belong in the same floor, but you can just tell that the bucks are a much better team than the Pistons. The Pistons are in disarray with Reggie Jackson, photo bombing, Blake Griffin, uh, Dwight Howard style during post game interviews. Like they're, you can just tell like they're a team that's totally out of sorts while the Bucks know exactly who they are, what they're about, how they're going to play and just go out and execute. And I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of disappointing. Um, uh, I would, I think I mentioned it on, on Sunday, but you know, I, I got to watched the Thunder game with one of my favorite people, uh Matt Moore from CBS, and or not from CBS anymore, from the Action Network. Sorry, I made that mistake the other night. He's he's at the Action Network now. But um one thing we were talking about was he he was asking Matt Velasquez and I was like, is Giannis ever gonna have that month? And I was like like the one that would seal the MVP for him. And he's like, yeah, is that going to happen at some point? He's like, cause you know, like I kind of keep waiting for it. And you know, like man, I like kind of looked at each other and we like, maybe not like, unless there's an injury, like this Bucks team is too good. That Like <laughs> There's not going to be nights where he gets to put up insane stat lines against crappy teams because the bucks for some reason are, are in the, like are in a battle against a crummy team. Like, those nights don't exist for this Bucks team. They're just too good for that. And then, you know, on on the nights where they play good teams, like he'll put up really big lines, but they have uh, that egalitarian approach where everyone gets to eat. And it's just like, I don't know if he's ever going to have that, that MVP month where it's just like, you know, three 40 point games in like a matter of like two weeks. And he, he just gets to run wild on a bunch of teams because, Bud really manages his minutes and, you know, they make sure that they take care of business against crummy teams and they just kind of do this. And, you know, it was just like another one of those nights where, you know, all those guys like Middleton kind of got going early when, when Giannis was out and then, you know, quieted down a little bit once, Midd- once Giannis got to come back, uh, in the second quarter and the third quarter. And then, uh, you know, like, it's it, Lopez had a hot first quarter and then quieted down as everyone else did stuff. They somehow managed to get Pat Connaughton 16 points on eight shots. Like <laughs> they, DJ Wilson had, was four for six from the field. Like there's to me, it, it's, it, it's just kind of, and again, like the, I shouldn't say these are bad things, Um, You know, just for individual accolades for anyone on this team, though, they uh, they are bad things because this is just a well-built, well-constructed team that makes a lot of logical sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're too good that I mean, playing bad teams like, you know, like kind of you're alluding to. I mean, they're they're probably going to win those games by enough points, especially at home that he's not gonna play as much. So mm-hmm. you almost have to play a lot of road games slash a lot of good teams probably for him to play enough minutes to like compile huge stats, which, you know, again typically are the you know, what you need to really kind of you know kind of blow people away. And um interestingly, I mean, they are now in this kind of extended road stretch. So this actually might be more of a chance to do that. I mean tonight a game that they we're pretty comfortably in control of for, you know, I'd say most of it. Um, You know, he still plays 35 minutes because they couldn't quite shake them in the end. Right. I mean, they were up um, by close to 20 for kind of long stretches there in the fourth quarter, but um, kind of just let the Pistons hang around a little bit. Detroit hits 12 out of 37 threes, not a great percentage, only 32%, but you know, they got enough volume that it seemed like everyone, you know, every few minutes they would hit a couple threes and then kind of, He'd be like, all right, they're down eleven or twelve, rather than um, you know something closer. So um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, it's going to be interesting with him. I think certainly they, there's a lot of road games coming up here, and the other thing too. I mean, these kind of high profile games against big good teams. I mean, that's also where you know the narrative tends to shift, right? I mean, like I, I think the jump did a thing like, oh, has Paul George moved past Giannis after the one game in Oklahoma on Sunday? And um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like. I get it like national televised games, more people are watching, but you know, in reality that that shouldn't be what, you know, decides an MVP race. Mm -hmm. Um, But it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously playing Toronto on Thursday, I mean, you know, Giannis had kind of a quiet first game in Toronto. He has a huge scoring night in a loss at home um, in the, the the last game against the Raptors. Um, Obviously if, you know, if he drops 35 and a win on the road, that's a narrative point you know that, that, <laughs> that will be remembered right for for obvious yeah. reasons um you know I think the good news is um, they're going to be I mean looking at the standings, they go- they will be technically in first place by by win percentage even if they lose on Thursday um, but obviously you know chance Frank doesn't game.
0: want that with but no. doesn't want the percentage points he wants the outright
1: win want I want I the it. outright Exactly. Um, I, I want to get some breathing room here, um, especially because they have to say, it, and, and it'll
0: really be breathing room because that's, a, I mean, essentially adding a game with the tiebreaker. Like you, you grab the tiebreaker yeah. if you beat Toronto on Thursday.
1: Right. So Bucks now, um, what, 36 and 13 Raptors, 37 and 15. Um, so, you know, if I mean, the last column is really the important one because um, the Raptors have played three more games. So um, you know, if you can extend that lead in the last column to three, that's great. Um, if you lose, you're still up one, so that's okay. Um, but uh, you know, it's gonna be interesting there. They are Bucks have a twenty three and seven conference record, Raptors twenty-two and nine. I believe that's the next tiebreaker after head to head if they were to be tied at the end of the season. So Bucks have a narrow advantage there. Um but uh yeah, I mean, again, not to kind of look look too far ahead, but I think that was also a positive about tonight is uh you know, you could have understood the Bucs, eh, maybe taking a peek to that game on Thursday. But uh, fortunately, you know, a pretty steady, steady night tonight. And I thought, um, I thought, you know, it was encouraging to see. I, it's kind of weird. I, I've been, I've had a little bit of anxiety over the Bucks' three-point shooting of late. Their take, I think they're shooting 33 threes per game in January. They are still scoring at a very, very high rate. So it has not really you know, correlated to them not being able to score a lot. I think they're also shooting about 35, 36% this month. So they're shooting a decent percentage. They're not like in a, you know, huge shooting slump this month. Um, but it was nice to see again, tonight, again, they don't shoot a ton, but they make 41%. It was nice to see, um, Bledsoe actually see some go down. He's been in a big three point slump. He hit three out of five tonight. Um, and then Pat Connaughton only two out of three, but man, Feels like it's been a couple months since Pat Connison hit a three pointer, and he was seven out of eight from the field, uh, 16 points. I think that was a season high. Um, I think he airballed his first three and then hit his next two, which <laughs> he did. Um, was a nice change because, again, like that game against Charlotte, you know, you love the fact that you can kind of dust him off, throw him in there, and he delivers with great energy. Defense was really a key piece without scoring a point in the fourth quarter there. So it was nice to see him get an opportunity tonight with Malcolm Brogdon on the shelf. And um, while Snell stepped into the starting five, um, you know, Connaughton also played 22 minutes and, you know, the, the, the depth, especially on the wing and the backcourt has been obviously a strength all season. And, you know, as much as Brogdon has been good this year, you know, I I think he's one of the few guys I want to say who I have to double check. I think they might be better with Brogdon off the court this year. Um he has at least the um of all the kind of starters, he has the most demonstrable I think it might be like plus one net on off on court versus off, um, which is the lowest of the five starters. So, you know, again, statistically they have been able to survive without him better than any of the other starters. And um tonight, obviously, you know, with, with Snell and, and Connaughton playing their roles well, um, you know, you can see like, hey, you know, even without those guys, you still have George Hill um as a, a you know, another point guard off the bench and you've got obviously, um, other wings who can step in and, and play and, uh, and contribute. So, um, so that was nice to see, see kind of a guy, you know, uh, we, we talked a lot about Thon Maker and kind of his quest for playing time. Pat Connaughton has been on the bench a lot longer than Thon and, um, you know, again, hasn't, hasn't made jump shots. So you could, uh, you could understand why he missed out, um, but uh, tonight getting a chance with with Sterling Brown rested was I guess I assumed was Sterling just rested tonight was just one of those random games where Sterling just rests. Is that what was that the explanation? I believe it was a rest. Okay. Um. So you know, again, no Sterling, no Brogdon, two key rotation guys for most of the you know the last couple months. Um. And you don't miss a beat. I think that says a lot about the Bucks' ability to shake off injuries, and you know that's uh, certainly a plus that those guys are ready to play, and um, you know perhaps notable that John maker once again did not play, uh, in spite of, son looking can, can, can still totally washed, uh, on both ends.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, like, I, obviously we talked about this on Sunday and, you know, or I guess that would have been our Monday podcast, but you and I talked about it Sunday night, but you know, the timing of all of this is, is really strange. And, uh, you had mentioned it and I know I wrote about it at the athletic, uh, on Monday, but You know, you do have to wonder if if Bud's just going to be like, all right, you've really put me in a tough spot Don, because I I can't play you right now, because if I do, then the whole team, when they're not feeling good about their playing time is going to be like, I want to trade. I'm getting out of here like. Because, again, that might not necessarily be how it went down, but from the outside, I think there would certainly be something like this that would, that, like, if that would occur, then, you know, people would construe it that way. But I find it hard to believe that Thon would not have played against the Thunder as Ersan got ran off the floor and as DJ Wilson struggled. And tonight, again, while Ersan just looked terrible, uh, like, I... I mean, I can't imagine Thon not getting some minutes over him. And again, you know, maybe it wouldn't have happened because, as we've talked about many times before, Ursan's a Bud guy, and Bud really trusts Ursan and believes in him. But I mean, we're we're looking at weeks, maybe even over a month now, where Ursan just just really has not looked good. And, you know, when, when you start to think through all of that, it's like, well, you know, then, then Thon should kind of step in because, well, when you look at the wing rotation, you, you mentioned it tonight with Connaughton, but, you know, at the start of the season, it was Dante and then it was Pat for a little while. And then it was Sterling Brown and, you know, now Sterling Brown went down and Pat steps in and plays well. And, uh, you know, like guys just get chances on this team. Like that's kind of how these bench rolls go. DJ Wilson wasn't playing to start the year. And then he got a chance and got to play some. And I mean, Thon was playing for a long stretch and now isn't. And, you know, I, I gotta say, I, I couldn't help, but watch that game and not think to myself, wow, Thon's team really screwed up. Like they, they really screwed up with making a public trade demand because I don't know how he, he doesn't see time in these games while Ursan actively tries to play as bad as possible and see if he can still get played. like And again, that's not what he's trying to do, but it, it's just a total struggle for Urson uh, I think you're looking at 56 minutes now where he hasn't scored across four games. Uh, he hasn't scored. like He's just in the middle of a really bad funk and i mean thon would fill those minutes so i that that was one of the big takeaways of this game i know it I, I should be focusing on the good things that the team is doing and all that stuff but you know w- when i'm thinking about this game it's it's a struggle not to think like man thon thon really screwed up like <laughs> this was uh, you had mentioned it and how weird you thought it was at the time and you know now looking at it I, yeah like why well why make that complaint when when you're only on the bench for like two weeks
1: yeah i mean it's um i I don't know i mean i um i think you know with with ursan i mean the offense in some ways isn't even what i'm worried about um i'm i'm really worried about just defensively like and just you know how you play him i mean if i have to watch him get worked by pascal siakam again on thursday in toronto i mean that's gonna suck (laughs) i i I, you know i mean even if he can make a couple shots um you know i just think defensively he's just gonna he just has such limitations against some of these kind of top end athletes and some of these these best teams so um yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate but um I also understand it, you know, if you're Bud, that, hey, man, you want to air your dirty laundry, like, you're, you're putting me in a tough spot, Um, you're gonna have to think about yep. this a bit longer. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope at some point, I mean, I would say I would still be hopeful that maybe Bud, um, some, maybe someone shows what th- shows him Thon's splits in Toronto um, ahead of the game on Thursday and, <laughs> um, you know, lets him know, hey, if ever you were going to dust him off for a game, this is this is the game, um, because you know Thon in Toronto, feeling like he has a chip on his shoulder, especially now because he hasn't been playing. Like some guys, I feel like would would press and be bad because of it, but like Thon, just like weirdly, seems to rise to the occasion. <laughs> like it's kind of weird, right? That like yeah. he he's, he's such a tryhard, but he still seems <laughs> to have this extra gear in like the playoffs or in Toronto, <laughs> which it's just yeah. kind of strange. Like I clearly he can't really tap into that all the time, but anyway, so yeah, we'll see, um, you know, Christian wood was also actually active tonight, or at least on the bench, um, wearing not a suit, uh, after his 40 point, 40 point 20 rebound game the other day in the G league. Um, but again, part of that also just might be, you know, obviously because of the injuries and just, you know, you needed bodies at this point. So, um, so we'll see divincenzo has been out Brown out tonight, uh, Brogdon out tonight. Um, fortunately, probably an opponent where you can obviously get away with that a bit more um but uh we'll see uh, you know especially obviously brogdon you would you would love to have him available on thursday and um i'd say sterling as well i mean you know again i think uh never bad to have an extra mf available on the bench when you're going against <laughs> kawaii and and in uh, that physical um you know kind of wing slash forward rotation that the that the raptors have so um so yeah, it should be interesting to watch. We didn't talk about DJ, but um, I thought DJ had some some nice minutes as well tonight after kind of a quiet week or so. Um, you know, kind of Detroit was the scene of his uh, his breakout game in a lot of ways, um, whenever that was. I guess that was uh, – I want to say that was December, December 17th Rivers, or 18th se- or something like that. Um, 17th, yeah, yes. I was driving from uh, Texas to Milwaukee that night and spent spent the evening in little little rock arkansas uh so i remember when that was um but uh yeah on that magical night in little rock with me watching on my phone uh after we we got in late uh, a star was born um or at least dj wilson at <laughs> his breakout and so uh it was good to see him um produce a bit more four out of six tonight hit a, a three plus 14 and in, uh, in just 18 minutes. And and that's especially important with Ersan struggling, right? Um, because if you're going to have yeah. need a short hook with Ersan, I mean, Ersan hadn't played 10 minutes in the last three games tonight. He plays um, what? 14 minutes. Um, but getting DJ and being able to extend him a little bit, obviously is, is pretty important. And I thought it was interesting. I mean, we didn't really talk about what, um, what Detroit did, but um, you know, Blake Griffin has gotten his against the bucks and, um, did have nine assists, seven rebounds tonight, um, but eighteen points on sixteen shots, six out of sixteen from the field. Um, Giannis still almost fouled out in the end. He had two quick fouls and then had a couple fouls late, but um, he the refs let him play. I mean, I don't think it was like, I don't think it was illegal, but he was playing more physically. <laughs> him he fly. was playing, I would say, let's say this more physically than I feel like they usually have let him play, especially against Blake Griffin, who, <laughs> you know, is one to exaggerate contact as well. And, um, you know, we haven't really even talked about Giannis. I mean, again, not even like a huge night from him, 21 points on 16 shots, but 11 assists. Um, he was in playmaker mode kind of early. And then, um, he was feeding guys and they were hitting threes um, in the fourth quarter as well. They went into there, like, give the ball to Giannis and let him get his assist for a triple-double mode. Um, but he didn't have enough rebounds. <laughs> Weirdly, eight rebounds tonight didn't quite get there. Um, but three steals, two blocks, a couple turnovers. So, um, yeah, good good night from Giannis. Uh, you know, ho-hum, 21-11-8-3-2 uh, from, uh, from the the MVP candidate. So, um, and I thought I thought... Chris Middleton was also good too. I
0: was going to say with Giannis tonight, I thought it was interesting just that, um, you know, someone had tweeted me, I think it was in like the second quarter and it was like, Oh, are you, are you worried or concerned that Giannis like isn't, you know, playing quite as aggressive, and you know, especially after the Thunder game where you know uh, he was you know held back a little bit or or whatever it may be. and it was just like, well, one, I didn't think he was not playing aggressive against the Thunder. I thought he was extremely aggressive against the Thunder. They're just super physical and athletic, and you know can kind of slow him down. And then you know in the second quarter, you mentioned the assist and going into playmaker mode. Like that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of uh, in some ways the brilliance of Giannis that. You know, he can pick up two early fouls and then know that I cannot pick up a third. And I often pick up offensive fouls, whether or not they're warranted. I pick them up. Um, so maybe let's get into spots where I know teams are going to crash on me and then let's start kicking out from there. And, you know, I just thought once he returned after he got those two early fouls in the first quarter, I thought in the second quarter, it was just like, OK, he was totally in control of his body. He wasn't going to get uh, an out of control foul foul on the offensive end. And he was just going to, you know, kind of flip the switch and say, all right, it's, it's my time to, to come out here and, and make some plays. And you know, that was, that was exactly what he did. And at the end of the night, you know, he ends up short of the triple double without the rebounds. But, uh, you know, I thought that reflected the 21 and 11 reflected a Giannis that just knew like, okay, I picked up those early fouls and I can't, I can't pick up anymore and i just gotta be a playmaker and i thought he he just did a a brilliant job kind of switching his play up there uh so just just a night where he can kind of show off all of the other things that he does and you know obviously that meant uh more floaters in the lane instead of dunking on people which is why i think you see eight of 16 instead of uh, like a number like 10 of 16 or you know 11 or 12 of 16 where you know he was settling a little bit more um but he was settling out of necessity. And I just thought it was, you know, kind of a a really nice flip the switch kind of night from Giannis. And, you know, you have to be truly great that, uh, you you can play a a different way or you can play with your, your aggressiveness turned down to 80% or 75% or whatever it may be uh, to have a night like that. So, I just thought that was a really impressive performance. You mentioned Middleton a little bit there at the end. Um, obviously, you want to see the the turnover number come down a little bit. Um, I, I think one of them he got on like a pass that hit his hand, and he might have got fouled on that went out of bounds. But either way, like five turnovers would have been too many. Six, is Six is definitely too many. But uh, you know, the six assists from him. Uh, it, you mentioned it on like a, a pass that he had thrown. He had the, the pick and roll kind of working with, with Lopez and then uh, with Giannis as well. And, you know, you said something that as I was thinking through it, I was like, yeah, I think you're right. And, again, it might be something that speaks more to the Bucks' typical like, uh, pick and roll ball handlers than maybe Middleton's uh, – Brilliance or anything like that, um, but you mentioned that you know you don't trust anyone more on the pick and roll to get the ball to the roll man than Middleton. And yeah, I mean, I think on this team that's totally true. Like he's just he one he has gotten really good at it, and you know his passing I think is constantly underrated. Um, but just the fact that you know most of the time on a pick and roll, if it's blood sewed, guys are just going to sink and he's not going to have a chance to throw the pass. And then uh, he's not the best tight spaces passer uh, as is. And then Giannis, you know, if he's in a pick and roll, which is pretty rare uh, as the ball handler, but if he is in the pick and roll, like he's thinking about going downhill and, Chris really is like the playmaker of that bunch, uh, in the pick and roll. And, you know, I thought he just kind of got it going that way. And, uh, then was out for a while there in the fourth quarter and then just kind of played a little mop up duty and, you know, had a solid 15, six and six night.
1: Yeah. I, I think, um, that that's one of those things that as a Giannis stand, um, I pay, a, you know, really close attention to who runs like pick and roll while well with Giannis and, you know, Bledsoe and, and probably even Brogdon, like, run pick and roll with Giannis probably a lot more just because they're, you know, the primary bottle handlers more often. Um, but I, I was looking at it. I mean, Bledsoe has the most assists to Giannis this year. I think he has 72, but second is Middleton with 52, and then I think Brogdon has, like, 32, which kind of makes sense because Brogdon, like— Pick and rolls. He's. I don't. I can't. I can't even remember the last time he actually used a pick and roll to get Giannis the ball, other than like on a switch and a and a post up pass. Like you know, he just doesn't. He's not going to throw a lob. He's not going to you know throw a pocket pass. He just he just doesn't really do that. Like he's using it to, to get to the rim and score, um, and. I mean, that's like, that's
0: like talking about like everything Brogdon does. Like, yeah, if he has the ball in his hands, like he's, he's going to get to the rack. Like that's, or he's going to try to get to the rack. And if he doesn't get to the rack, he's going to do the little like Nash baseline uh, dribble on the baseline and then come back out on the other side and kick it out like that that's pretty much what Brockton does with the ball in his hands. But, you know, and again, he's, he's putting up an efficient season, but you know, it kind of speaks to his limitations in some ways.
1: Yeah. And blood. So I think is very willing to, to, he's like wants to get Giannis the ball, but you know, teams, <laughs> teams play him a little differently. Like I think yeah. the fact that teams are so afraid of Chris shooting from anywhere, especially, I mean, he's obviously a great mid range shooter, like teams, I think, have to shade him a little bit harder and that probably makes it also a little easier for him to get the ball to Giannis versus um blood obviously Chris also longer taller maybe has some better angles um to, to make some of those passes but yeah it just seems like Chris when they do you know run that pick and roll play um that's so often he's able to get Giannis the ball and um tonight I don't think I think he threw a great pass to Lopez for a finish um you know just uh was was again a reminder like we take Chris, for granted, a lot of time, but you know, I mean, he's a wing who averages almost five assists per 36 minutes. Like, you know, like you can maybe find guys who can score a bit, you can maybe find guys who can score and defend pretty well. Um, but you know, score, defend, and and make plays for others, like it's not a thing, it's a yeah. rare skill set, you know? Yeah, and I mean, uh, you've pointed it out, I pointed it out again tonight, I mean you know, as much as it feels like Chris's numbers are down and his efficiency down a little bit from last year, but, um, you know, his three point shooting is actually better. He's shooting more, a lot more threes and, you know, per 36, he's at career high numbers and scoring rebounds and assists. So, um, you know, he's playing five fewer minutes per game. So that masks kind of a lot of that improvement. Cause like everybody, he's not playing, <laughs> you know, or like, yeah. it's like Giannis and him and he's not playing yeah. as much. They don't need him to play as much. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of one of those things, I think, especially, you know, casual fans, I mean, certainly in the all-star, you know, the all-star discussions that hurts him because most people just look at raw numbers and like, oh, he's not as good. And, you know, he isn't, isn't having like a hyper-efficient season. Um, Cause his, his, especially his two-point shooting is, it you know, hasn't been as great. Um, but, you know, credit to Chris. I mean, he, he does a lot of stuff and it's not always really flashy, but, um, you know, tonight again, not a huge scoring night, but I thought he was effective, especially early. And, um, you know, again, just kind of did a little bit of everything. So, um, yeah, onward and upward bring on Toronto. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to cover. Um, Tony Snell doing stuff. That's a, that's always a good thing. And, um, You know, obviously, when you get forced into 24 minutes as opposed to his, like, whatever, 7 to 11 that it's been for the last little while, that's going to help you, uh, you know, maybe have a little bit more confidence. But two or three from the three-point line, uh, lob that he threw to Brooke Lopez that got Lopez teed up, which was a bad technical. Um, but still, uh just a a nice play there from Tony Snell. And um, yeah, I mean, I I think overall the team win, uh, no doubt about that. And the bucks just kind of keep rolling. And um, it it is interesting. I think uh, to look at this, at the rest of this road trip a little bit. And again, obviously we're going to preview that Toronto game, but Saturday against Washington and then Monday against Brooklyn um, that Washington and Brooklyn stuff, like, you know, we talked about it, I don't even know when. Months ago probably. But, you know, as the the Wizards were playing terrible basketball and we were looking at the Bucks' tough schedule, um, and, you know, whether or not uh whether or not the the Bucks were gonna have it easier later on and, you know, we joked like, man, it almost I guess it probably almost makes sense that you'd want the Wizards right now that You know, they're so bad that you almost wish you would have got those games out of the way now and you're not going to get that same convenience later because maybe they'll be better. And, you know, with without John Wall, maybe they've played a little bit better basketball, uh, closer to 500 than they were uh, playing basketball at the start of the year. And then Brooklyn is playing, I mean, the best basketball in the Eastern Conference outside of. I think the bucks in the last month, month and a half. So, um, you know, two games there where, you know, I think at the start of the year would have been like, Oh, okay. You know, you, you get that one against Toronto and then you have two easier ones against Washington and Brooklyn. And well, maybe, maybe that won't be the case. So, uh, it should be, uh, Maybe this is the the way that the Bucks get their, their road trip going now after that loss in OKC, or maybe uh, they're going to have to grit out a couple more wins here as they go to Toronto and Washington and Brooklyn. So uh, unless you're thinking of anything else for tonight, Frank, I, Frank, I think that's going to be it for us. Um, nothing I'm else done. to really... Good. Okay. Nothing else to think about in this Bucks 115-105 victory. They get a season sweep of the Detroit Pistons for, I think... Did the telecast say the first time, first time in ever. franchise history? Um, yeah. So that's a, it's a nice little, uh, nice little thing for the bucks. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a number of win related stats that are the first time in bucks history uh, for this team. Cause they just keep, just keep getting wins and, and keep finding a way uh, to, to stack those up. So for Frank Men, I'm Eric name. This has been lockdown bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.